My Car Guru, episode 166. Wow, I'm getting up there. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to this edition of My Car Guru, number 166. Now, that's just one year, folks. I've got 20 years. And, um, you know, we just uh, are trying to do as much as we can. I, I think my regular radio show listening audience uh, people, especially people that have been with me a while, understands how this thing has evolved. And, you know, we all have to evolve, sometimes reluctantly. But I knew that uh, I needed to turn this into a podcast. Um, you know, sometimes a radio station, they actually push my radio shows to their website, but eh, don't have a whole lot of confidence in the order and they're not titled or anything. So I thought I'd make it easy and do a podcast. So I've appeared on Apple first and going to make it available to the Android folk. Maybe already by the time this show airs, but probably going to be on Spotify. And I can't even think of all the different names of places that will that run podcasts. But I'm going to try to be there because I think it's an important message. I think that, uh, you know, probably the second most expensive thing that most people buy in their lifetime other than their house. Now, I mean, we're excluding some of these gazillionaires, but the average person, uh, their house, and then their cars. And uh, so it's a big part of their life. Uh, I call it their car life. It's their, uh, it, it really impacts so much of what we do. You know, I mean, think about what it was like 200 years ago. What was the most important, second most important thing you had? Your horse. And all the work that it could do for you. And uh, good old Henry Ford helped change that in this country. I've been listening to a very interesting audio book. I think it's called Henry Ford, My Life and Work. And uh, it's narrated by a guy. I think they did a great voice actor because it sounds like what I would think Henry would sound like. But it's all about how he created his empire. And he starts at the very bottom, you know, with the... The original car was the Model A. You know, I know they had a Model A in the 30s, too. This was they ran out of alphabet. And so they had to start over. But, you know, of course, the Model T was the initially the most successful uh, car in many years. And then Henry refused to change. You know, he said, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. And so uh, Chevrolet came in and said, well, if you want to buy a car from us, we'll paint it yellow for you. And so Henry reluctantly changed. And, they, and finally, Edsel, his son, yeah, his son's name was Edsel, um, convinced his reluctant father to, to go ahead and move from the Model T to the, the first Model A, and, or the second, sorry, second Model A, which was a, another tremendous success. So, you know, the Ford Motor Company, like many other companies, go through evolution just like we do. So I have evolved, trying to get more access. So uh, obviously, if you're listening to this radio show, then you're listening to AM 910 WJCW, which is also available on iHeartRadio. That's WJCW. But if you're a podcast, like I say, it's Apple Podcast. And the good thing about the podcast is you get to hear me in stereo. AM just doesn't have as good a sound fidelity. And I know you want to hear this nice baritone. Um you know, I am a car guy. I love cars. I love the history of automobiles. Uh, I'm kind of a, I'm a musician. I'm a uh, frustrated artist. You know, I love art. I know most of my art is cars. Like I'm looking at a picture of that was painted by a wonderful man. One of um, Carol Shelby's best friends was a guy named Bill Neal. And Bill painted this uh, picture of um, Phil Hill. 
You ever heard of Phil Hill? Well, he was a top Formula One driver. Matter of fact, won the Formula One championship in 1961 in a shark-nosed Ferrari. Well, I've got that picture painted by Bill Neal of Phil Hill on my wall. And there's other paintings in here, too. I'm, I'm kind of looking around my office. And I think, oh, yeah, I'm good buddies with a guy named Bill Patterson. If you want to see uh, Bill Patterson's art, just go to BillPattersonArt.com. I think you can see his amazing talent on display of painting, kind of an impressionist kind of a painter. And, uh, you know, just like art has evolved in many ways and goes in different directions, that's what I love about cars. I go to the Amelia Island Concours de Elegance. I know it sounds fancy, uh, but it's just probably the second biggest car show in the country next to the Pebble Beach Concours. And if you live anywhere in the, in the U.S. and like cars, you've got to at least once, once, as they say here, go to Amelia Island to the Concorde de Elegance. It is an amazing display of cars as long as it doesn't rain. All the years that I've been, which has been about 17 in a row, it's rained once. So that's a pretty good record. And it's in March, and uh, you will see things. It's not like, okay, you know, your typical car show. They have it out on Walmart's parking lot or some car dealer or you know, it, it's people bring their 55 Chevys and a lot, of, a lot of cars that shouldn't be in a car show, like an Astro van, maybe a Pinto. Um, but, you know, they're proud. That's their antique car. And it is an antique if it's more than 25 years old. But that's not what you see at Amelia Island. You have to be invited to show your car there and only the best in the world. And a lot of people are, I mean, I, I was talking to this one guy uh, at, at the show and I'm standing by, beside his beautiful Alfa Romeo and I said, where are you from? He said, Italy. And I said, so did you have your restoration done here? He said, no, I flew it here. So anyway, if you're going to fly a car from Italy to put it on the lawn at, at Amelia Island, then it's a pretty good car show. And plus they have a lot of really cool auctions. They have the Gooding auction, which is a Gooding and Company. If you want to Google them, you'll see that they're a pretty high end. They they have, uh, I don't know, four or five different uh, car auctions around the country. They're not like Meekum, M-E-C-U-M. If you've seen Meekum, they have, seems like one every week, but theirs are always big. The biggest one, I think, is the Kissimmee auction, Kissimmee, Florida, or no, sorry, Kissimmee. How do you say it? I think it's Kissimmee. Kissimmee sounds like you're flirting with somebody, so I'll say Kissimmee. Um, and then they also have uh, Las Vegas and different places, the Indianapolis uh, they do one at an Indian reservation somewhere. So Meekum is very, they probably sell more cars than any other auction company in the United States. And then you have Barrett-Jackson. And that's the one that everybody says, well, I have a car just like that. And it brought $1.2 million. Well, your car is not just like that. You know, people a lot, lots of times value their vehicle based on what they, what they uh, bring at an auto auction. What they don't realize is those are two rich, drunk people that are bidding against each other. And once they, you know, sober up, they'll say, what did I do? So you can't go by that. Um, you just, but you know, I've had a lot of fun at these auctions, especially at Amelia Island. I went to one. Jerry Seinfeld uh, was at the Gooding auction, and he had thirty—I think it was thirty-plus cars that he was selling. Um, he had—he's a big Porsche guy, and of course, the vast majority of more Porsches. Uh, one of them was a Volkswagen, though, a '65 Volkswagen. No, yeah, '65 Volkswagen Beetle. I told my brother, I'm sitting in the audience, I said, I think I'm going to try to buy that thing. So I raised my hand at about 30. When it got to 30000 I quit raising my hand because it's a, you know, back then it was probably a fifteen dollars to $18,000 car. I said, well, it could be cool, you know, that Jerry Seinfeld owned it. 
That car brought 110,000. And it wasn't because it was a 52,000 mile 65 Volkswagen Beetle. It's because Jerry Seinfeld was sitting on the front row and selling it. When it got up to 100, a big cheer went out in the place, and Jerry turned around and gave everybody an applause. Um, I think I don't remember what the total value was. But there was another special guest there that that auction, Caitlyn Jenner. You remember Bruce, 1976 Olympic decathlon champion? Well, he's Caitlyn now, and, and I saw this big, tall woman walking in front of me, long brunette hair, big, long, biggest girl out, biggest girl I've ever seen, tallest anyway, um, and it was Caitlyn. And she was selling her, uh, I can't remember what year that, I think it was a mid-60s Porsche that she was selling. And, he, uh, of course, Caitlin is a big car buff and uh, just a, really knows a lot about cars and has raced cars as as both Bruce and Caitlin. And so uh, I don't know how old she is now. I don't know, is she 70s, I guess, probably. But, uh, you know, I respect anybody that's, uh, that's a car lover. And so I was just looking on Bring a Trailer today, and Tom Hanks has – Bring a Trailer is an auto – auction website i've talked about it a lot on this radio show and on on some on the podcast but uh, bring a trailer.com if you know anything about cars you like cars in any way thinking about buying a vintage car just want to see what the market's like go to bring a trailer.com and you will find out they've got let's see how many auctions going on right now but well, i'm not on the right page i think probably about 750 auctions going on at any given time all of them are seven day auctions and you Cost you ninety nine bucks to list a car. You got to meet their requirements. You got to set a reserve or sell it as no reserve. Well, Tom Hanks, you know who he is, right? What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Well, mine would probably probably be Forrest Gump. But uh, what was the ch- uh, well shoot? What was the name of that other one? Um, something Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan. I knew I would get it. That's probably my second favorite. It's hard to watch, though. But, um, yeah, Tom Hanks is a phenomenal actor, whether you agree with whatever else he does. But he sold at no reserve a 1975 Fiat 128. It's a project car. It's not even fully restored. Uh, what's this car worth? 75 Fiat 128? Mm, $3,500, somewhere in the neighborhood. It brought 24375 So, you know, sometimes when you attach a name to a car, It'll bring big money. Um, I remember I went, the year before the auction with Jerry Seinfeld, I, I was at the Gooding auction, and there was this uh, 917 Porsche that w- that rolled up on the stage. It was a based, it was painted in the Sunoco colors, which would be blue and yellow. Beautiful car. This looks like a wedge. Man, those things were fast, too, uh, and unsafe. But anyway, uh, they started the auction, and, and, you know, it hit $3 million really quickly. And got the four million, and everybody just kind of stopped. And I, I was watching the guy who was raising his hand. He was a very, he was way back in the back of the tent. It's a big tent, big fancy place. And he raised his hand, and he was the final bidder. Well, we saw him the next day, and he was standing next to that car. They'd actually moved it out to the show field. And so, I wonder, I wonder what his deal is. I was talking to my brother. He said, "I'll go find out." So he just boldly walks over there and starts a conversation. You know. Car people, it doesn't matter how much money they got or whether they're famous or not. When they're down there talking about cars, that's their love. That's their focus. 
You know, they're not really, I guess some of them are showing off. But, you know, he wasn't. And basically, he was buying the car. And uh, he said, are you buying it for yourself? Wendell said, are you buying it for yourself? He said, no, I was buying it for my guy I buy cars for. I said, who's that? And he said, Jerry Seinfeld. So Jerry had bought this car for $4 million. Now, at the time, there's a 10% premium to the uh, buyer. So that little Porsche race car um, cost Jerry Seinfeld $4 million. $400,000. Two years later, it's back at that same auction, and it brings three and a half. So poor Jer, I feel sorry for him. Um, but, you know, it's just, if you ever watch, another show that I'll recommend that you watch is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. You ever heard of it? Well, it's Jerry Seinfeld, and every show starts with a car, and uh, him, he's driving a car. It's an old vintage car, and he's going... And then next thing you know, he picks, gets his cell phone and calls somebody. And it's some famous person like Steve Martin or Ralph Lauren or Barack Obama, somebody like that. He's done a bunch of those episodes. I think there's seven or eight seasons of, of comedians in cars getting coffee. And so he goes to their house, picks them up. They ride around the car. They're surprised. He's always trying to surprise them with the car that he has. And so he uh, uh, takes them, and they go get coffee. And they talk about cars, and they talk about comedy. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I like Jerry Seinfeld as a comedian. I don't, you know, I'm, I like to show. Um, but what I really like is that he likes cars. So he's my kind of guy. Well, anyway, we've been diving in a little bit. We're going to talk about some more stuff that I think will help you and benefit you in your car ownership cycle. So we'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. You know, maybe, maybe this next year I can convince my wife to go to a movie island with me. Of course, it may restrain my buying thing, but that's probably not a bad thing. But it is a great event for a husband and a wife, you know, and, and you may not spend a bunch of hours out there on the field like we do, but it's it's basically five days of events, and you'll see some of the most amazing cars in the world. I don't know what it costs to go to Pebble Beach. I guarantee it's more than Amelia Island. Well, I guarantee it, but... Um, you know, I'm really not 100% sure. So the best way to do is just go to AmeliaIslandConcord.com, and uh, then you can find out about the pricing. you got to pay to go to the auctions, too. Yeah, they get you. Uh, they got to pay for the refreshments somehow. So you meet all kinds of incredible people when you go to these. One of the people that I met was a guy named Bill Patterson. I mentioned him. He, he is a, a, a great artist. Um, I've got, let's see, I've done, I think, three of his car paintings, and I have uh, two other personal paintings. He painted a picture of my grandson standing on a hill. I took a picture many years ago of my grandson. Uh, I lost my son when he was uh, 27 in a car accident. And, you know, that kind of thing changes your life in a very powerful way. And, you know, part of the healing process is just um, process. I was so glad that, or so grateful to the Lord that he had a son and so that I could still have a piece of him, you know, on this earth. I have a, uh, a daughter. I have two daughters, um, Abby and Audra. My son was named after me, Leonard Blaine Lawson, Jr. And, um, but I was out with his son after my son had passed away, and we were just out walking around our property. And I looked up on the hill, and there he was, silhouetted by the, with the sun back behind him. So he was in shadow, and I took this picture, and... Um, you know, when I looked, I looked at that picture, of course, with digital photo, photography and all that stuff, I looked at that picture, and I wasn't seeing him. I was seeing my son. 
and that picture meant, meant very much to me. So I asked Bill one time, could you paint this? He said, I'd be honored to paint that. And he did and just did a fabulous job. And then uh, one time I took a picture of my wife sitting on the deck by herself reading a magazine on a cruise ship from behind. I like these pictures that are just not directly face shots. And I said, Bill, this is one of my favorite shots. It just reminds me of the peace that we feel when we travel together and enjoy each other. And he, I said, would you paint that for me? And he said, absolutely. So he did, and that hangs in our bedroom. So, you know, you meet all kinds of interesting people, and sometimes their interests are cars, and sometimes cars is just an avenue to get to other things and uh, to, to develop relationship and enjoy being around other people. And that's, that's one of the, the great appeals to me about that. Also, being a car dealer is, uh, I don't know, you know, so many of the dealerships now are owned by these big corporations. They're trying to buy, I get people trying to buy me all the time. Uh, of course, they can't make me sell to them. A lot of people say they use the term, well, he got bought out. Well, he didn't get bought out. He decided to sell, and somebody was willing the price that he wanted to sell it for. A lot of people forget what a car dealership really is. It is not an extension of a car manufacturer. You know, it's a franchise. You know, and, and you know, when I want to become a Ford dealer, um, Ford doesn't own any stock in my company. I form form a corporation. Uh, I apply to be a Ford dealer. Uh, They look at all my experience and uh, my knowledge and training and track record with other dealerships, and they say, okay, we'll let you be a Ford dealer. What does that cost me to be a Ford dealer? You know what the price is for the franchise? Nothing. It's free. It really is. But there's a big but. You have to capitalize your store. You have to meet their facility requirements. You have to buy all their tools. You got to buy parts from them, and you got to have a floor plan, or you know, be able to buy all their cars that they build for you. So it requires a lot of capital, but that's your private investment. The franchise cost nunca, nadie. I think one of those is nothing in Spanish. Not sure, but um, yeah, and same thing with Nissan. Any franchise. Now, if I wanted to be a Tesla dealer, could I be one? Nope. They just want to sell cars through uh, online, and they do have individual stores that are. Uh, there's one in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Nashville, and Atlanta, and Los Angeles, wherever they allow Tesla to operate. A lot of uh, state franchise laws do not allow for uh, the factory to own the dealership. They're, they they got to protect their dealers. You know, dealers are pretty important folks. They're supporters of their community, and they hire a lot of folks and. You know, the factory has tried a couple times. The Ford factory, unfortunately, tried. They bought a bunch of dealerships in Oklahoma City, and, and they called it the Ford Auto Collection. They bought out all the dealers there and thought they'd try to run car dealerships for a while. It failed. They ended up selling them all back. It's a big deal. I mean, it takes a lot. And then, you know, the local connection to the community. But you lose that when you're dealing with somebody that, you know, big corporation. You know, a lot of dealerships, they they – Fewer and fewer dealerships have the actual owners working in the store. Most of them are corporately owned or multi-franchise dealers that, you know, they, they work out of an office in Michigan, and they got dealerships all over the country, and you want to speak to the owner, you can't. He's not ta- he doesn't take phone calls. He's on his yacht. Um, you know, you're speaking to the general manager. Now, when you get to a dealership my size, a lot of area dealers around here, um, you know, if you want to talk to the guy that owns the place, here I is. Um, it is, uh, you know, I'm very accessible. But the, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I realize that. So, you know, I'm going to be around for a while, though. Dinosaurs for, were around for a while. 
So I don't know why I can't be. You know, we can adapt. We're very successful uh, in terms of uh, reputation and longevity. And, you know, we've got beautiful facilities here. Just Google us, gateway, uh, gatewayfordgreenville.com um, or Gateway Ford, or I'm sorry, gatewaynissangreenville.com. Greenville is interesting. It's the only uh, Greenville in the, in the nation that has an extra E after the N. So it's G-R-E-E-N-E-V-I-L-L-E. See, you didn't know that. You could use that as a trivia question next time you go on vacation and you're looking for something to do. Okay, I'll take my last break, and I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, well, this show is kind of like surfing. You know, you go where the waves take you. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's what we do. I just uh, and I think there's a lot of stuff to cover in the car industry. People said, how can you do a radio program for 20 years about cars? I said, well. It's a deep subject, and uh, there's just a whole lot to talk to. There's a lot of people, you know, if you have folks that don't know anything about cars, you can go back on uh, the podcast, and you can look at a titled program about, you know, well, the last one was about uh, the body shop. When you wreck your car, what do you do? You don't know what to ask. Most people don't. Um, but, you know, you can find that podcast. You find out exactly what you need to do. Uh, what kind of things do you need to know about your car that everybody needs to know? Like how to check your oil and those kind of stuff. There's there's so many things that are fundamental, simple little thing. I don't want to know anything about my car. I got enough worries. Well, you'll have another one if you run out of oil, and uh, or if you don't have enough air in your tires, and you're you know on a slippery road or something like that, and you lose control because you don't have enough air in your tires. Um, you should know how to do certain things. And uh, this show will help you learn those things over time. So anyway, thanks for listening to this edition. Uh, my email address, Lenny, L-E-N-N-I-E, L-A-W-S-O-N, 2020 at gmail.com, or you can call me, or don't call, just text, uh, 423-552-2020. Send me your VIN number on your car. I'll tell you what it's worth. Uh, I need the miles, the VIN, and the basic equipment that's on it, and I'll tell you what your car's worth before you go in shopping at a car dealership. And that guy comes out looks at your car and offers you $10,000 less than what the book said. You need to know. It helps to know. Have a little bit of ammunition. Uh, just remember, the dealers that scream the loudest are the ones you need to stay away from. Um, that's just an old rule that has proven true. The more balloons that are up in the air, the more you need to be concerned. Um, a lot of high pressure, a lot of these hosted sale events, these these uh roving salespeople come into these dealerships and they're there for one reason to extract as much money out of you as they can they don't work for the dealership the dealership has hired them to come in and conduct a sale and uh, typically that you'll know that when you get a mailer and that mailer uh, has says that you have won either uh, $10,000 a new car a television set or a lottery ticket guess what you win a lottery ticket more than likely, it's worth a dollar. So anyway, these are things that you will learn here on this radio show and or this podcast or however you're listening, and nowhere else because nobody else does this. Well, thanks for listening. Again, Lenny Lawson, My Car Guru. Send it to your friends. See you later. <laughs>